Let me see your identification. You don't need to see his identification. We don't need to see his identification. These aren't the droids you're looking for. These aren't the droids we're looking for. All right, folks, here we go. Next seminar up, August 11th through the 13th, then October 13th through the 15th, then December 8th through the 10th to round out 2023 for seminars. For camps on the list, we have another workshop for personal trainers we just added to September 23rd in Katy, Texas at Starting Strength Katy. That's where Rip comes down, talks about the principles and methods of starting strength to fitness professionals, and then you guys go over how to coach each other on the deadlift. There is discounts available, so check out the link for more details. Self-sufficient lifter camps on the list. We have two. September 16th is the first one in Wichita Falls, and then September 23rd is the second one in Omaha at Testify Strength and Conditioning. We also just added a squat camp to the list October 7th in Astoria, New York, and then a press and bench press camp going on September 23rd on Long Island. Deadlift and power clean camp with one spot available July 15th, also on Long Island. Then we have some squat and deadlift camps we've added to the list. July 15th in Indianapolis, Indiana at Starting Strength Indianapolis. August 12th in Greenville, South Carolina. And August 26th in Tampa, Florida at Starting Strength Tampa. And finally, some three-lift camps with spots available. July 22nd in Brussels, Belgium at Brussels Barbell. And then two camps going on in Canada, both in Vancouver, July 29th and July 30th. Like I said, all three lift camps covering the squat, the press, and the deadlift. Speaking of starting strength gyms, we've had a few more open just recently. Tampa, Florida, and Indianapolis, Indiana are both open. Have a bunch more planned in the works, but we need some more talent. If you'd like to learn more about becoming a starting strength coach and working in a starting strength gym, head over to startingstrengthgyms.com, click on the coaching tab, and see what the process is for that. Fill out the form if you meet the criteria, and make a new friend in Ina Koppel. And as usual, for more information on anything that I've talked about, head over to startingstrength.com and check out the right-hand side of the homepage. From the Asgard Company Studios in beautiful Wichita Falls, Texas, from the finest mind in the modern fitness industry, the one true voice in the strength and conditioning profession, the most important podcast on the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, starting strength radio. Welcome back to Starting Strength Radio. Once again, here we are, lecturing your useless asses on extremely important topics that you essentially know nothing about and are completely dependent on us to explain to you. And, uh, yeah, I wish that wasn't the case, but it so often is. It's the way it is. Just the way it is. It's our responsibility to make you smarter than you are right now. So, uh, we're going to talk about some stuff today that, uh, man, there's so many misconceptions in the fitness industry. Uh, it, I mean, it's just for, for decades, the whole thing has been constructed on rumor and hearsay and innuendo and just, just patent bullshit. And... It continues to this day to function the same way. And we here at Starting Strength like to proceed from our position of first principles and uh, derive things from those instead of just accepting the dogma 
and uh, turning it to our commercial advantage like so many other organizations do. So we're going to talk to you about hypertrophy today. Big word, what it means is getting big. Getting big and strong. Hypertrophy. But people like to say hypertrophy because it makes them sound scientific. It's the science. The science. The science says, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, maybe, maybe not. We'll, We'll discuss that. But first... Comments from from the heaters. <laughs> These are some obnoxious motherfucking <laughs> remarks this week. All right, just so Ludex gun deer knows, we're not gonna read anything else. You right? So just stop. Just stop. It's pointless. Just mark you out the minute you come in. But God, there's a whole bunch of whole bunch of things about us being fat. They're really angry this week. Did you notice that? Bunch I of did. Fat I comments. Did. Three fat guys jerking each other off about how great it is to be fat. LOL. What video is that on? Bigger is better. <laughs> <laughs> they called me fat too. You are fat. Yeah, <laughs> you're fat. You're the fattest one of all. They called Pretty me fat, fat too. <laughs> all right. All right. How to add calories to a protein shake with Andrew Lewis? <laughs> I don't. I don't remember seeing this one. So, so this one. The context there was Andrew had a a, a trainee with him who was severely underweight, and skinny, had, and had gained a bunch of weight. Mm-hmm. And they and they were talking about how he did it using his. Uh, his 150 ca- gram of protein shake. <laughs> well, like a 12, it's like a 1300 calorie shake. It's like that up. big, isn't yeah. it? He just keeps pouring shit into the blender. God damn. I mean, there's only so much you can ingest. Yeah. I used to get drink a great big protein shake. Yeah. Used to could. Right? Andrew Lewis has a face like a moon pie. He has no business drinking a shake like that. BMI 50 MFR. His suspenders are 6020s. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I mean, you know, he has a point. Andrew dresses in a real stupid looking. <laughs> I mean, yeah. He's got some problems. You know, he he walks in the room and everybody goes, Who is that stupid? <laughs> I mean, you have to admit that that's. But I don't know that he has a face like a moon pie. Yeah, it's not 50 BMI either. No, he's not 50 BMI, no. not at all. <laughs> Andrew's grown on us over the years. Yeah, he's he's. Oh, fine. I like Andrew yeah, just fine. fine. He's just his weirdness is kind of cool. <laughs> all, right. all right, so now, how uh, to sumo deadlift? Oh no, here's the it's yeah here's the lifts. Several of these about the lifts. My toddler squats, my toddler squats in a high bar squat stance. Y'all do low bar squat. Doesn't that mean that it is the natural squat stance? Dude, that's some solid logic. Uh, yeah, that's some, there's some reasoning. Yeah. Right? Your toddler shits his pants. 
your toddler. Is that natural too? <laughs> is it natural to shit your pants? Have you learned to shit your pants from your toddler? Why not? Toddler also runs it's natural. Yeah. Because the toddler does it, it's natural. He also has a head that's a third the size, the size of, of his, his body. body. Well, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> that may have something to do with yeah, yeah, it. <laughs> he bends over. He's yeah, going to fall forward. Yeah, details, details. All right. All right. So I'm no fan of sumo pulls as they aren't real deadlifts, but the SS Press is the sumo cheaty version of the over here press guys. <laughs> okay. I disagree. Yeah. That's all I can do, I guess. Uh, I just don't understand uh, the forum on some of the SS lifts. For example, if overhead press, if OHP is a natural movement, why would you change the form by shrugging at the top? When else in any motion in life do you shrug when lifting something overhead? Well, you shrug when something lifting something overhead when you don't want to hurt your shoulders because you're doing a five pound PR. So, so this is how he lifts. He just stops <laughs> about his forehead. I, I don't know. God, that's painful. <laughs> you, you shrug so you don't hurt your shoulders. So, if I'm picking a box off the ground, I'm just going to go. Yeah, just just like this. Kind of just do eighty percent. You don't. You don't just. The really interesting thing is you have a whole book about this. <laughs> that explains every bit it of it. Is, you you can read the book. Described in detail it, in the blue yeah. book. You could borrow it at the library even if you don't want to. Check it out. <laughs> rip, you don't want to spend money. 30 bucks on it. Yeah. You check it out. All right. Now, rule number one. Stop deadlifting in heel-rated squat shoes. What the F? They're really mad when people do that. When what, we, when what, we what, show somebody deadlifting, you squat in your when we show you somebody deadlifting, deadlifting squat in a, you, in a, in a squat everybody. shoe, not a weightlifting not shoe, a, weight a squat shoe. It's a squat shoe, right? Because <clears throat> weightlifters don't do anything but squat in their heels. For sure, yeah. I've never seen a weightlifter pull anything off the floor in a, in a <laughs> squat <laughs> shoe with a, with a shoe. With a it heel. Doesn't happen. No. no, that'd be wrong, would it? Well, they, yeah, and they certainly don't pull anything over 300 pounds. It's silly. All right. Now, <laughs> let's, let's, uh, uh, we're all fat again. Right. <laughs> it seems like SSCs should be experts at sumo since they are also fat. Sad old men. Is that you? That's the trap about? bar. Okay. Trap, trap bar. bar. Sad old men. Yeah. Right. The last comments from the hater when someone called you old, you didn't r realize it was talking about you. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> that one really got me good. <laughs> Rusty enjoyed that one. Yeah. <laughs> Looked like he slapped yeah, you across Rusty the face. To, he grabs for enjoyment wherever he can find. <laughs> All right. Some guy named Croy Craig, somebody. Why is this crap on my feet? <laughs> this guy sounds like he can barely breathe. Embarrassing. Sincerely, so a little bean pole guy. All right. What's the video, Rick? How did it accidentally get on his feet? 
Oh, have we got that ability now to <laughs> no all the to time force it's, things it, into people's feet? I, I think a lot of these comments are from that very thing because <laughs> you get suggestions yeah, for what right. to watch. So, what was the video on that one? You, if you are bigger, people notice. <laughs> so he Starting liked drink it. Network preview. He liked it enough to click and see what the content was. I guess he did. So thank you, <laughs> Craig. Appreciate the appreciate the click. Yeah, Craigie. and the comment. But right? then he was pissed. <laughs> So he, he hated the fact that he watched it and took his time to comment right. on it. Yeah. Like, oh, fuck, i got to write a comment <laughs> on this one. Gotta, you know, waste more of my time. Waste more of your time. Right. All right. <laughs> this, is, this is good. Uh, what a bunch of obnoxious assholes. <laughs> He's not wrong. <laughs> he, there's no argument. Yeah, it's just not wrong. What's the video? Right, and here's the last one. Yeah, what was the video on that one? That was the sumo deadlift. With the picture of Ray doing the... Oh, right. Oh, yeah. That, was that wasn't even about us. Yeah. No. Definitely obnoxious, though. Even the skinny guys that starting strength are fat <laughs> fucking bastards. Sumo or... K-Y-S. 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 It's a new one. Never heard know. of it. I don't know. I don't even know what that Damn. is. Is there a place where the kids look up... What's I don't K-Y-S? know. It may be a typo. You just don't know. Kiss yourself. Oh, here we go. Kill yourself. Kill yourself. Kill yourself. Kill yourself. That's one of your favorites. No, well, he got it from me, didn't he? Yeah. Kill yourself. Okay. It's, it's Sumo or kill yourself. It's All right. So that concludes this week's uh, exposure to comments, comments. from. from uh, the heater is. It feels but, like it feels to me like whenever Bree picks the comments, it's always about us being fat. <laughs> she she did all did, those. This week. Did she? Yeah, she did all those. Well, why don't you have a word with her? It seems yeah, it's low hanging fruit though. Low hanging fruit. That's her. That's her. Low hanging fruit. Yeah. That's what Sean Hannity is saying all day these days. Oh, is oh, it? Oh, really? Low hanging. Yeah, he's got a new little phrase. <laughs> You know, he, I'm sorry I said it. He uses these little <laughs> phrases. That's all he can make conversation out I, of. I, little things he said thousands of times. Do you listen to him? How do you know? Yeah, him? I, I I had it on for a minute <laughs> in the car. Fuck. How's right. he still on the radio? And it was distracting me from all of the check engine lights on the <laughs> dashboard of the BMW. So. Is Glenn Beck still on the radio? I don't know. Um, I've never listened to that stupid so. bastard. I hate him. There's like so. nine dudes in the room. Wasn't he like exactly? Yeah, like he's real all, big on Blaze. Nine guys in the room, and everybody's all talking at the same time, and they all think everybody is funny, and they're laughing and talking all at the same time. It's like being at a party where you don't know anybody. <laughs> you know, and I was no, I haven't ever listened to him because I just don't appreciate that, and. uh did you uh, watch Tucker's uh, show on his Twitter? Who? Um, Tuck- is it Tucker? Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson. Yeah. I've watched the the <clears throat> both of them that he's released. Okay. How are they? Oh, good. The, do, do you feel like the, there's? Oh, the censors are out of the way. I was about to say. Do you feel like he's just let loose? Now? I feel like that they're going to have to kill him. <laughs> you know. Yeah. He's saying a bunch of if, if those of you that have not seen. Tucker's new thing on Twitter. Go look at it. Stop this recording right now. I come back to it, you know. But go look at the Tucker Carlson stuff on Twitter. And holy shit. 
it's uh it's it's real important mm-hmm. very very important i haven't listened to it yet well you need to yeah you need to stop what you're doing right now and go listen to it. and uh and he's back and, <laughs> and i'm back <laughs> how so, was it rusty it was great it's fantastic we don't have ask a jew lined up do you no we could try to call one which one do you want i don't know that they're available on such short notice we don't have some lined up the fee is higher when you don't give them a heads up why don't we broaden our ask a series okay that's getting real trouble i mean might as well might as well you know everybody hates us anyway Mm -hmm. call bobby campbell up ask ask a a black black guy ask a black is that would would that be correct ask a black we could do ask a brown and just ask me talk to you sure what do you want to know do you all you guys actually eat tortillas every day or what yep do you that was easy yeah ask a brown i'll put some music in there for that could do that put some mariachi <laughs> yes that's what i was gonna do <laughs> Ask a brown. No shit. My parents, I mean, I don't anymore because I'm a white person basically now. But my parents made tortillas every fucking day. God, homemade tortillas are good, though. Easy to make. Delicious. Delicious. Yeah, and that's why everybody's all fat. That's why we all look the way we do. There we go. It's because of tortillas. Just throw a bunch of butter on it. Oh, Oh my God. I ate at Sevy's the other day. and uh, I haven't had there in a while. Man, Sevy's is good. Mm Mm-hmm. Savies is good. Those of you that don't know, we've got a little little homemade Mexican place here in Wichita Falls. It's been here. That place has been here 40 years, 45 years. It's been here a long, long, long time. They've been in several different locations around town, but they're over on Ninth Street now. And those of you guys that are coming to the seminar uh, in the future may want to make your plans. Go eat lunch at Savies and get a burrito. And Do they make the tortillas there? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. That's a good Make gauge. Them every day. That's a good gauge for uh, if if a restaurant's going to be decent. Or, if you walk in and there's a little tortilla maker person there, yeah. making the tortillas, the food's probably going to be all right. <laughs> now they make the flour tortillas. Yeah, yeah, right. They don't make right. the corn tortillas. Yep. That's too specialized, <clears throat> I guess. But but there's a tortilleria here in Wichita Falls. Did I say that right? Yeah. And uh, there, I think maybe two of them where they make corn tortillas, but. But the, they make their own flour tortillas right. down there, and they're they're. It, this is a, this is not Tex-Mex, this is not Tex-Mex. This is like northern Mexican food, and it's basically versions of roast beef and roast pork, and you know, cheese and beans and rice and stuff on a on a tortilla in a burrito, and it's just God. I think I'm going to go there and eat when I get through <laughs> sitting in this stupid blue chair. Because, man, it's good. I got the Carnegie Sada plate the other day. <laughs> good, man. That is some good stewed pork. Oh, boy. So, anyway, well, what do you want to talk about? Let's talk about hypertrophy. Well, that's what we, <laughs> we discussed that previously. <laughs> Talk about hypertrophy. Hypertrophy. So I, always I call, already I, said we're going to do that. I guess we got. I always call. Uh, I always called it hypertrophy. Hypertrophy. That's the way it's spelled. Yeah. 
hyper is a is a is a common suffix, yeah. and it's pronounced hyper, yeah. not hyper. Right, right. Yeah, well, hydrogen that? peroxide. You understand what that means, right? Yeah. Hydrogen hyperoxide. Yeah. It's H two O two, not H two O. So how did it become hypertrophy? Yeah. Hypertrophy. What? Yeah. Instead of hypertrophy. Same way sports became sports. sport. <laughs> so it was hypertrophy <laughs> before it was hypertrophy. In charge know. of the pronunciation. It's a sport. Somebody starts saying it. Sport <clears throat> for sport. Yeah. Strength for sport. <laughs> God. <laughs> Pompous cocksuckers. Oh, I just hate people like that. <laughs> Oh, God almighty. But uh, I don't know hypertrophy if is... is an interesting deal because everybody wants to be big and strong, right? They forget about the strong part and just go right to the big. Like you can do one without the other. And this is the problem with this. So what has happened over the years is that the ex-phys guys have analyzed the muscle physiology here, and they have determined that uh, volume, in other words, sets of 8 to 12 reps, are what uh, cause hypertrophy to take place. And uh, that lower reps are just for strength. Yeah, hypertrophy now, I, you is know, 8 to 15 A reps. long time ago, back when I was paying attention to, you know, academic ex-phys people i learned that uh, there were certain rep ranges that did certain things all right if you wanted hypertrophy you did 8 to 12 reps right if you wanted power you did 1 to 3 reps and if you wanted strength you did 5 Four, four to six four reps, to six. I think they called it. Four to six reps. I don't think that has changed. No, I think that probably is still the dogma. Right. And that is the dog. It's dogma. That's all it is. Because it ignores the phenomenology. All right? Now, let's talk about that from this perspective. What is phenomenology? Well, the phenomenology that I'm talking about is what actually happens in the gym when we train people. What actually occurs is, is when you come in the gym and we, first day, we determine what you can do for a set of five squats. And we say you did 115, set of five squats. A young man comes in, does 115 for three sets of five. First day, it's not terribly heavy. But I'm not trying to kill him. I'm just trying to get him a starting place. You know, good athlete comes in. He might start at two and a quarter. You know, it's just everybody's different. So this part of being an experienced coach is knowing where to take the first day guy up to and have him do three sets of five right there. So I could take the 115-pound guy up to 115 for three sets of five, and then he comes back uh, – Wednesday, and he does 125. And then he comes back Friday, and he does 135. These are sets of five. 
And then the following Monday, he comes in, and I have him do 145. And then Wednesday, I'll make a five-pound jump on him. I'll have him do 150. And then Friday, he does 155. So now his squat has gone up quite a bit. It's gone from 115 to 150 pounds in just a couple of weeks. Now, what's happened to his body weight? He's gained 10 pounds. If he did what I told him to do, which would facilitate that strength increase, he's gained 10 pounds. Now, he doesn't have to do six months of neuromuscular efficiency facilitation in order to start making progress in terms of gaining body weight. And that's also ex-phys dogma. What about um, eliminating his imbalances before he squats? Oh, imbalances, yes. Those are very important. We do that when we teach him how to squat. We teach him how to squat correctly, and there aren't any imbalances. That I don't know. Eliminate. I have a NASM book that tells me for about three chapters you have to do a bunch of exercises to do To balance, balance out right. muscles. Yeah. Yeah, Gaz- that's not, that's you not, have a gasm book, mm-hmm. right? That's not bullshit. So it's you know you're supposed to assess. Oh, I know. Assess a client. I know. And then based on that assessment, you're supposed to do a series of co- of corrective exercises before you move into more right. and, and, and everybody training. else but us <clears throat> wastes a whole bunch of time. Well, their entire practices are ge- about wasting are, are time. Generally, or uh, about wasting time, are, right? Are, Whereas we went from one fifteen. For three sets of five to 150 in for three sets of five and gain 10 pounds of body weight in two weeks. That's what we did. We do it all the time. We do it all the time. And that is the phenomenology because that's what happens. We've been doing it all over the world for decades. We've been doing this for a very long time. And everybody that does it our way gets bigger and stronger immediately. Everything else is a waste of time. It's a complete waste of time. Yet that is what con- that is what contents vast majority of people working in this fucked up fitness industry is wasting time. So now that 150, the guy squatting 150 that's gained 10 pounds, he's going to go up five pounds of workout. From now on, 155, 160, 165, 170, etc. After four months, this kid is going to be squatting up in the mid 200s. His entire physical presence is different because he's gained 20 pounds. As long as he's doing what he's told. If he eats what we tell him to eat and he doesn't miss any workouts and he goes up five pounds per workout, which he can do, and we keep his form correct so everything stays in balance, right? His body weight goes up. Now, that is hypertrophy. If the kid goes from a body weight of 165 pounds to a body weight of 200 pounds in five or six months under the bar and his strength increases from 115 for three sets of five to 275 for three sets of five 
his muscles are bigger because muscular growth is how strength increases are facilitated. That's the process. And the best way to get strong is to do sets of five because sets of ten are not heavy enough. Now, what I have just told you is exactly the opposite of what you are being sold by a whole bunch of people. We're trying to make hypertrophy the product that you're buying from them. All right, we have been doing this for a very long time. I've been in the gym business for 47 years. That's how old I am. I've been in, in the gym business for 47 years. I've been training myself that whole length of time. I've trained thousands of people. I've had experience training tens of thousands of people through our media and our books and our seminars. And I know what I'm talking about. All right? And I don't care what the ex-fizz people think. They're wrong. Sets of 8 to 12 are too light to make a strength increase happen for a long period of time. Sets of 5, you can get strong doing sets of 5 for a couple, three years. Years. Not months, not weeks. Years. And when you get strong, the way you get strong is your muscles grow. They grow bigger in cross-sectional area. They get bigger, and that is hypertrophy. Muscles hypertrophy as the mechanism by which they get strong. Now, it's true that your neuromuscular efficiency will increase a little bit, but neuromuscular efficiency does not really is not terribly trainable because if it were we would see standing vertical jumps double because a standing vertical jump is a direct measurement a direct look into the efficiency of your central nervous system into your neuromuscular system okay and what we see in terms of standing vertical jump improvement is in the range of 15 to 25%. 15% maybe. 25% only occurs in the presence of a very, very good strength and conditioning program, of which there are about seven in the United States. Okay. This is at the collegiate level. Standing vertical jump is not terribly trainable, but what is trainable? Strength is trainable. And strength increases by making your muscles bigger, by you stressing the muscles with a strength stress. And then you eating enough to facilitate the repair of those muscles. You eat enough protein and you eat enough calories and you eat it in a surplus so that the hard metabolic work of building new tissue can take place. 
Now, what drives this hypertrophy process? It's the stress that you apply to your system by handling weights that are hard for you to do for three sets of five or one set of five in the event of a deadlift. All right. If you don't challenge yourself on a regular basis, and for a novice, a regular basis means three days a week. If you don't challenge yourself by lifting five more pounds, every time you come in the gym, you're not applying enough stress to cause the system to need to change. You don't adapt the system to a strength stress unless you apply the stress that requires that more strength than previously be displayed under the bar. That's the way it works. That's the way it works, boys and girls. And 8 to 12 reps is not that kind of stress. Now, I know what the ex-phys people say. I know what the journals of the Strength and National Strength and Conditioning Association all say. I understand what they say. That's why I quit my membership over there. Because it's wrong. You've heard of being wrong before, haven't you? They are wrong. We are right. If you make your set of five squat go up for two years, you will have gained an amazing amount of muscle mass. You will have increased the weight of your skeleton 20, 25%. You will have increased the size of your ligaments and tendons 20, 25%. But more important for you, because you wanted to be big and strong, your muscles got a whole lot bigger. Doing sets of five. Because five is the correct number of reps to stress your strength, your ability to produce force under a bar is best stressed with sets of five reps that go up five pounds or whatever the exercise will permit every time you train for as long as that is possible. Now, for most people, that's possible for seven or eight months. Along about month six, you might have to take a light day in the middle of the week, but every workout is still set to five, and every Monday and every Friday, you're still going up five pounds on your squat, two pounds, two and a half pounds on your bench, two pounds on your press, five pounds on your deadlift. Now, deadlift starts off heavier than squats because it's an easier leverage position, and everybody can deadlift more than they can squat when they first start training. I've had uh, women at you know the age of 55 come in the gym that could not actually they were so detrained they couldn't squat their own body weight. I have kids that come in and do that, but they can deadlift 40 kilos. Yep, so same people can deadlift 40 kilos. Mm -hmm. So the deadlift is going to start off stronger than the squat. That's normal, and it won't even out until you know probably four or five years into your training the two will kind of level out and be proportionate to each other but uh or be more equivalent to each other but but at first your deadlift's going to be is going to be heavier and that's good because that enables you to experience 
the completion of a heavy set of deadlifts with a weight you don't think you can do because it'll go. That's good for your brain. See, your brain adapts too. Isn't that interesting? Everything adapts to heavier weight on the bar. But what I'm telling you is this nonsense about 8 to 12 reps is just an excuse to lift light weights. Seven sets of eight reps on the squat. Well, if you just, I mean, you want to be sore. You like the idea that soreness is an indicator of progress. You know, and that was the basis of CrossFit. You know, get a nice get, sweat get real going. sore and, you know. Get a nice sweat going on. Live sore. Yeah. You ever see those little rubber bands like mm-hmm. that look like live strong rubber yeah. bands around your wrist? Live sore. Yep. Well, you know, you guys are just <laughs> – that appeals to a lot of, of a lot of people. It made a lot of money, but it's wrong. They do like three, four-minute rests at the most and get under yeah. the bar and do their eight. The well, here's, yeah, here's, uh, here's what we see. We see this all the time, all right? The first week, a guy comes in. He's going to be sore from squatting, deadlifting, benching, and pressing. He's going to be sore. He'd probably be kind of sore all over. After the second week, he's not sore anymore, but the weights go up on the bar. The only thing that's that's sore on him is a little bit of quad soreness from the squad, but everything else is not sore because soreness is not the mechanism. Soreness merely indicates that you have done an unadapted to amount of eccentric work the negative part of the lifts. That's what makes you sore. But what makes you bigger and stronger is the five pounds that you went up and lifted and completed all five reps for three sets of. Okay. That's what makes you bigger. People get into trouble because they confuse that they, they, uh, confuse volume for stress. I hear this all the time. You're explaining programming to somebody or they have a programming question and they'll say something like, well, I need more volume. Uh, and or, or you're actually demonstrating a program that is demonstrably higher intensity and they say, oh, okay, well, that's yeah, it makes sense because the volume has gone up. But people are, people are substituting the word volume for stress. So that's one thing. Don't confuse more stress. Well, that is a bad problem, too. It's a huge problem. People think you have to do 60 reps. They just don't understand understand the difference between volume. Like, they think more stress equals more volume. That's not the case. They look at the overall tonnage of what's happening. Because the stress has to match the adaptation, right? So If the tonnage goes up on three sets of five, volume stayed the same. Yeah, right. Exactly right. But stress went up. Exactly right. Exactly. The other thing that that people do is and this is and this is kind of the the heart of the matter here they will go to a high volume program you know five sets of five six sets of eight whatever lots of lots of volume uh, that that's objectively easier but it allows it you to, it allows you to think that you are doing very hard work and especially when you add in the idea that you're now doing quote unquote hypertrophy work and that's why it sells intensity is always that's harder why it's chasing intensity is always harder you drop intensity down to a set of eight re- uh, uh, weight on the bar 
and you do seven sets with it. The stakes are much lower it's with easier. high volume work. Mm-hmm. It's easier to do. Uh, there's less failure for for somebody who's working with somebody remotely. There's less chances of failure in mm-hmm. the program. Uh, but the bitch of it is that it doesn't make you bigger. Doesn't make you any. So you think you're doing hypertrophy and you're getting tired as fuck, and you feel the pump, all good shit, right? But that doesn't make you bigger. It does not make pump you bigger. Does not make you bigger. No, nope. it does. It definitely doesn't make you bigger in the absence of uh, a very very high intensity. So, anytime there's an increase in volume, it's because you're trying to drive intensity. It's not in and of itself a valuable thing to do. Who were the two biggest bodybuilders of the past thirty years that you can think of? I don't know. Biggest you, strongest bodybuilders. Coleman. The biggest is up body. There. Would it be Ronnie Col- Coleman? Coleman and, would be uh, Coleman and Yates. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And how did they train? Heavy. heavy as hell. Five, six reps. Yep. Yates was doing inclines with over 500 pounds for sets of six. Ronnie did heavy deadlifts all mm-hmm. through his training. Right. He was a big, strong fucker. Yep. You know. And then Frank Zane, in contrast, is... Uh, very aesthetic. <laughs> but do you want to be aesthetic or do you want to be big and strong? Now, I can understand that some of you guys are, you know, a little on the light side, want to want to not want to be big and strong because that's offensive, you know. It's, you know, toxic masculinity and all that <laughs> shit. And you just want to look better in your own little special way. Well, it's fine for you to do a Nautilus circuit at your health spa, and that'll be that'll be just fine for you. You go on a cut, and you do a nine-station Nautilus workout. That's all you need to do. But if you want to be big and strong, the proven way to get that way is to run your sets of five reps up five pounds of workout for as long as you can you've kind of you kind of touched on this and that there's only one type of way to build muscle make it bigger right do you think that some of the confusion comes from where people think that you can build two types of muscle the long lean muscle or the big nothing would surprise me i i think that's got something to do with i've heard the term i want to sculpt yeah Long, lean, lean muscles. muscle. Well, I, I don't care what you want. Yeah, that's not how it works. I had had this discussion with a uh, client um, earlier this week. They said something about building lean, long, long, mus- long muscles. muscles, and I had to explain to them there's now, only one way to build not, muscle. That's not how yeah. it works. That's not how it works. But I wonder if if that's if that's some of where this all comes from. How like, do you lengthen a muscle? Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. How do you lengthen a muscle belly? Yeah, muscle belly goes from tendon to tendon. And it can't get longer. No. You know, that is all women's fitness jargon mm-hmm. that is intended to specifically not scare female clients away from the health spa. Yeah. All right? It's not the physiology. It's not how things work. But it sells memberships. Yeah. That's what it's for. It sells memberships. You know? Well, in, in all of the all the exercise science stuff, it, look, it's it's like all mythology, right? There's a there's a, a a kernel or a string of truth 
yeah. through all of it, right? So it's not it's not like it's just all malicious bullshit. There's some there's some truth behind it. The problem is always in the application, right? So you can you can you can all the things that that the exercise science people will throw out, like time under tension and all all these different things. Those are actually those are actually probably true. But the the beauty of of the of barbell training heavy is that all of that shit is built in. All your your the the time it's simplified the, the tension situation, yeah. like the amount of time that a muscle has to be under tension to grow. A set of heavy set of five takes care of that because as yeah. it gets heavier, what happens to the bar speed? So and we heavy. all know that the way you get stronger is by grinding through heavy reps. Grinding through <clears throat> the fifth rep of the third set. Yeah, yep. set rep three, rep four, rep five. They've got to be heavy. They've got to be slow, and that's how you get bigger. And furthermore, <clears throat> the next time you come to the gym, there has to be five more pounds on the bar. You got to do it again, mm-hmm. and this is why. This is why the other shit is popular. Because when you do a PR set of five on Monday, and you know you've got to do another PR set of five on Friday, you've got some time during the middle of the week to contemplate just doing hypertrophy for a <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. you, I'm thinking you I know, need more I got to make the muscles yeah. bigger <laughs> first. Yeah. I got to make the muscles bigger first, and then I'll make them strong. Well, here, here's a good one. No, that's what they say. Yeah, I know, I know. Isn't it? Yeah, that's it is, what they say. For sure. The, the hypertrophy has got to be the base mm-hmm. for the strength. It's not I, the way it works. I remember. This is such absolute well, bullshit. Here's, bullshit. Here's what everybody should ask themselves. And you, this is this applies to almost everything, but especially to strength training. And I hear them right now. If, the research backs them up. Yeah, sure. I, the research okay. is wrong. But if, if – if, Anything, if, if you're involved in a difficult, hard process like getting stronger, getting bigger is, if anything that you do, um, you're, as you progress, is, is you're excited about and you're happy about and you're looking forward to doing, it's probably not the right yep. thing. Right. So in other words, right. you wake up on Monday Easy morning. Does it work? Yeah, you wake up on Monday morning and you say to yourself, you know, I, I think I should start a hypertrophy block. I'm gonna do four sets of eight on my squat today. And then you're excited about that. Yeah. It, I, it was the wrong move. I remember like you should just do your yeah. you should just do your set of five because it's harder. And you I remember, know it's harder, and that's why you want to do right. the and and what has brought you this far? Yeah. Doing yeah. something hard. Harder. I I remember the first time I got into the fours when I was squatting and I was working nights. I'd go to work, and all night long at work, no matter what was going on, sit there and I, I was thinking about, man, when I get off, I got to get under 435 pounds today. The fuck? Yeah. And then I get to the gym, and I don't want to fucking do it. Right. And I did it. And, right. So the question at, at every point in mm-hmm. everybody's training, the question at every single lifter has to face – at some point, and it's usually, you know, after five or six months of training, is simply, do I have the balls? Yes. Do I have the balls to load the bar and finish the fifth rep? Mm-hmm. Do I have the balls? Now, not everybody has the balls. If, if And a lot of people who don't have the balls give themselves permission mm-hmm. To do lightweights for high reps, and that's exactly what you did, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's exactly what you did. You know what I'm saying. If if Nick would have message would message me that night and say, "Hey, Rusty, I changed the program. You're going to do a set of eight on squat." 
I would re- breathe a sigh of relief of because I know have. how much easier that would be. Of course you would have. Because there was no possibility of you missing the eight <laughs> rip. Right. Exactly, exactly. You're going to do a four sets you of eight. You weren't going to miss the eight yeah. rip. Four sets of eight, great. I can do that. I remember a long time ago, the most extreme example of this or the, was the sets of 20 program mm-hmm. uh, that that Californian came up with, right? Yeah. Super squats, sets of 20. There has never been a bigger amount of bullshit than that in the whole damn thing. Now, one thing that sets of 20 squats breathing squats they're sometimes called because amazingly enough it gets hard to breathe on the 15 <laughs> because it's cardio right? <laughs> right. uh one thing it does train is character <laughs> all right because those things are horrible those things are horrible yep. they're just as gory a feeling that you're not you can't breathe and you've got another rep to do. You can't breathe. You're in a severe O2 deficit. You can't breathe, but you do it anyway. So you do it, and you rack it, and then you lay down on the floor for five minutes because you can't walk. What you'll notice, if you're honest with yourself, and I've done this because I've noticed it, and I've, <laughs> I'm telling you exactly the truth here. The 20th rep was not any heavier than the first one. Right. It moved at the same speed. Yep. You moved at the same speed because you can't do a heavy weight for 20 reps. You can't do it. You can't do a heavy weight for 20 reps. It won't go. It won't go. Yeah. Or so in you other words, are by definition doing lightweight for 20 reps in other words yeah anything you can do for 20 reps is not heavy regardless of what the number is doesn't matter what's on the bar if you can do if you manage to do uh 505 for 20 reps it's not heavy you're a 900 pound squatter right now you know don't tell me otherwise because i understand all this i've done everything that you are doing wrong right now. I've done it all wrong. I'm doing exactly the same thing 40 years ago that you're doing right now, and it's wrong. I've done powerlifting programs where we used to get ready for meets, and we'd start off with three sets of 10 across. And then, you know, over, over 12 weeks, taper down to heavy singles. Complete waste of time complete utter absolute waste of time tens eights waste of time that whole piece of that training block should have been done with fives adding weight to the bar on a regular basis and figuring out a way to get recovered better but sets of 10 doesn't make anybody strong it doesn't make anybody bigger people get big doing heavy weights and you can't do heavy weights for 10 okay now let's address a a bigger issue here 
as I mentioned before, the phenomenology has to agree with your theory or your theory is wrong. If you've got a theory that says that everybody that's vaccinated for COVID-19 never gets COVID-19 again and can't transmit the disease, and that's your theory. And I show you one person who had been vaccinated three times who came down with COVID again and who gave it to their husband and their kids. That's the phenomenology. That's what happened. And it doesn't matter that your theory says that it can't happen. It did. Okay? It happened. And you've got to deal with that by changing your theory. All right? So if your theory is that 8 to 12 reps makes you bigger, and I show you 50,000 guys that gained 50 pounds of muscular body weight doing sets of five and taking their sets of five from 135 up to 495 doing sets of five reps and in the process gained 50, 55 pounds of muscular body weight. Then your theory is wrong. And that's all there is to it. If your theory does not agree with the phenomenology, then it can't explain the phenomenology. The phenomenology comes first. In science, we observe what happens when a process is applied. And then we try to explain it in a way that makes logical sense. But if you've come up with an explanation for something that is not occurring, your theory's wrong. And that's just all there is to it. If your theory says that you make bigger muscles with 8 to 12 reps, and I never do 8 to 12 reps with any of my people, and they all get big doing sets of 5, then all you can say is, well, they would have gotten bigger doing 8 to 12 reps. But if I turn around and then show you people that have been doing 8 to 12 reps that have not grown a pound of body weight in six months, then I falsified your theory. Our theory is that strength drives muscle growth. Your theory is that light weights for high reps drive muscle growth. And then when your 8 to 12 reps don't drive muscle growth, and my 5 reps do drive muscle growth, you are wrong. And that's all there is to it. You're wrong. Now we can get into why you're wrong. You may be misinterpreting research, you know, studies that are published in peer-reviewed journals. Maybe you're misinterpreting those. Maybe the study in the peer-reviewed journal was wrong. 
maybe if you read the study real closely, you can actually see why it was wrong. And I've done that several times. It's The studies in the exercise physiology literature are almost always horrible. They're fourth-tier journals, and they're junk. Their data sets are junk. Their conclusions are junk. The whole thing is just a way to graduate graduate students and have them have a publication to carry with them out of the program. That's all it's for. I hate to be cynical, but I've been there. I know exactly what goes on. But if you're back to the, the main point here, people have been training with weights for a very long period of time. And those of us that have been in this business for a very long period of time know what happens. We know what happens. And if you come along and tell us that, well, if you're, you, you can't get big without doing eight sets of eight reps, seven sets of 10 reps. That builds size, and then you come back in on top of that, and then we get that bigger muscle stronger. That's not what happens. That's not the phenomenology. Or that the, the more common thing is that, you're, yeah, your starting strength is a great program for novices. Sets of five work great. Uh, once you're not a novice anymore, you need to do hypertrophy. Um, you, you do hypertrophy, and this is the whole point here, you do hypertrophy by continuing to – get stronger and get you do bigger. hypertrophy by doing five more pounds on your three sets of five yeah in other That's words in other bigger. words strength training is hypertrophy training there's yes. no you don't you can't separate the two things right. they are the same thing there's <clears throat> there's no such thing as hypertrophy training on its own no there is no such thing that is that is mythology really it's not mythology it's marketing that's what it is marketing it's selling programs. That's all in the fuck it is. You know, they're selling you something that's more palatable. A lot of times, yeah. Yep. Because nobody wants to hear, well, you know, that was a real good, <laughs> that was a nice PR you just did on that squat. Now, Friday, you got to go up five more pounds yep. and do it again. Nobody wants to hear that because it's hard. We'll let you rest a little bit on on Wednesday, but you gotta you gotta come in here and, and do another PR instead of five on Friday, and uh, you know. And if I tell you, well, no, what we're gonna we're gonna start a hypertrophy block, and we're gonna we're gonna just do a whole bunch of reps with lightweight, and you're gonna get real big, you huge, nasty, big old forty inch thighs, and then we'll get your squat up to five hundred. <laughs> <laughs> oh god i tell you what confuses damn near everybody is the fact that the biggest bodybuilders the ones whose names they know over the years and the guys that are doing it now those guys are born they're not trained they're also very strong they're very can't, strong. They can't, yeah. People, very people want to ignore. Frank Zane wasn't very strong. Yeah, but, but he's not a huge. He's but not he a huge wasn't a huge guy. specimen. But he did win the Olympia about three times. But Dorian Yates was a big strong man. Ronnie was a big strong man. Lee Haney was a big strong man. Right. All these guys whose names you know as big bodybuilders were strong. They were strong. They started off strong. 
And they did things that kept them strong, and they got stronger, and that's how they got bigger. They didn't do light weights for sets of 12. That's not how, that's not effective training for anything. But it sounds easy, doesn't it? And you get a pump, and you just, you know, you're sweaty, and you're breathing hard, and all this other shit. You'd feel productive. And everybody likes to feel productive. You know, if you, if you have a good workout, a good workout, you have, you have, You've gotten tired. You've gotten gassed. You've gotten thrashed. <laughs> you've got at your sore the next day because you've done a whole bunch of eccentric loading, and you're sore, and soreness feels so good. And you're productive, and you're better than everybody else, and all this other shit. You got better. If you got better, you got better because you PR'd your fives. Okay. Don't know what else to tell you. Don't know what else to tell you. Hypertrophy is bullshit. Hypertrophy hypertrophy happens as a result of you getting stronger. Hypertrophy training that differs from strength training is bullshit. And I hate to be the harbinger of bad news like that, but you really need to rethink this. Because I think if you look back in your training logs... Because I know you all kept training logs. You'll find that the most productive training you ever did was sets of five with PR weights. What? Well, what's the what's the other component that always, every single time, comes with hypertrophy training? So when somebody tells you, "I'm going to do hypertrophy training," they also say, "What's the what's the the next thing?" They also say, "I'm going to do what." I'm gonna. I need to do some hypertrophy training or focus on hypertrophy while I do a cut. Oh yeah, yeah. That, oh, yeah. that's right. always what it is. That's well, always what it is. Cut. That's always what it is. So 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 the so it's it's easy to convince yourself that <laughs> all you're doing is right. taking the strength that you've you're, already. It's easy and to and convince yourself that you're not making any progress. Well, they're not interested in making progress because they, they're, you're. They're losing. They're trying to lose fat, but they're not continuing to get. I think my point. Here's my point. Yeah. My point is that you're not you, getting. Recovered. You don't. You don't need to do hypertrophy training just keep doing what the fuck you're doing and clean up your diet and you'll have better results oh yeah than just getting smaller and losing weight you'll have better results and it'll be and it'll be easier too this goes back to what i was this goes back to what i was talking about how people think that i can build a longer leaner looking muscle by doing this hyper hypertrophy stuff and it goes back to that very thing i believe right you know they think if i do a different rep range my muscles will recompose and look different and, and tighter right. and leaner and all this shit and it doesn't work that yeah, way. It, it's the fact but, that you got your squat to 405 and you got gained a little bit of size and mm-hmm. now you're going to pay attention to your diet for the next yeah. 12 weeks and at the same time do all this bullshit shit in the gym because you don't want to work hard anymore mm-hmm. right. um, th- th- then you start to do you start to look better because you're not eating like an asshole anymore mm-hmm. uh, but guess you could have you could have continued to make strength progress and still improved your situation overall while cleaning up your diet they're not like hypertrophy training doesn't equal aesthetic training doesn't equal cleaning up your diet like you can do all of those things and continue to continue to get stronger or at least hold on to the uh, to the strength that you have yeah you know well and and what rusty is saying is a is uh is interesting we we hear this because of the rampant bullshit that has been promulgated throughout the entire fitness industry you cannot change the look the shape the length 
of your muscles. You can only make them bigger or smaller. You can only make them bigger. Or smaller. Cross-sectional area. Mm -hmm. That's all you have an effect on. You can't make a bicep that doesn't extend all the way down to the elbow go all the way down to the elbow. You can't do it. It's impossible. Because there's no muscle there to grow. The muscle stops there yeah before you get all the way down to the forearm that's just where it stops <laughs> this is why i tell you that bodybuilders are born they are not trained they are born have you born with the right genetics then you could be a championship bodybuilder if you train real hard no doubt about it but if you're not you can't sorry i can't play in the nba not tall enough can't play any i can't get taller not everybody can do everything they want to do grow up you learned this when you were eight and it applies now too all right so this hypertrophy training is just a version of you wanting what can't happen and it's a version of you wanting the easier way to do something that you do want to happen but it doesn't work so what we're doing today is trying to reinstill in you a sense of reality. And the reality of the situation is, is your muscles get bigger when they get stronger. And if you're not getting stronger, which means one thing, you're putting more weight on the bar and lifting it. If you're not doing that, then your muscles are not growing. They're not growing. They can't grow because you're not making them grow. You're not giving them a stress to adapt to. And that the, the stress that makes muscles adapt to be bigger is heavier weights. And that's all there is to it. There is no other reality. So, you know, take this and do with it what you want uh ignore it if you want to it's fine with me but i've been doing this for 47 years and you hadn't been alive that long so if i were you i would listen to me it will save you a whole bunch of time because i've already made all these mistakes for you and i'm trying to tell you the truth here and it will be better if you don't try to do shit the easy way easy way doesn't work hard way is you put more bar or more weight on the bar and you lift it that's hard but that's the only thing that makes muscles get bigger and if you want to be big and strong that's the method that you have to use there's no other approach thanks for joining us this week Target Strength Radio. We'll see you next time.